Hi, I'm Jasmine Nori, and this is The Pricing on the Cake. Welcome to episode 15 of The Pricing on the Cake, the podcast that's all about growing a profitable business confidently. I'm Courtney Rogers, and today I'm joined by a client and great friend of mine, Jasmine Nori. Jazz, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here. So, Jazz, uh, could you please introduce yourself to the audience and tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. <laughs> I am Jasmine, and I am both the founder and designer behind my business, Wicker Darling, and I design figural wicker bags. Amazing. And for those of us who don't know, because I remember when I first met you, I had no idea what that meant. Can you describe what figural wicker bags are for us? All right. It's a wicker bag, but in the shape of something rather than just a bag. So in my case, (laughs) it is wicker bags that are designed in the shape of chiefly animals, but occasionally fruit. So it's the shape of a flamingo, the shape of an elephant. Um, Mm -hmm. So it looks like you're just holding a wicker elephant, basically, but it's got a little (laughs) surprise. Because, you know, it has handles and you can keep all of your handbag contents inside it. Yeah, perfect. No, I I love I love the products and how like vibrant and colorful and creative they are. And and um as some people know, and as you know, Jazz, like I have Percy the Peacock, who is a peacock handbag, and he's absolutely beautiful. I took him out for the first time the other day to a networking event and he was absolutely like the most popular person in the room. It was really, really nice. And um someone while they were speaking held him up in front of everyone to use him as an example for something. So there you go. Your products are absolutely stand out. Um, and you've come a long way in your business too, Jazz, and you you haven't been running the business for that long. You only started in 2018. Yeah. Can you tell yeah. us can you tell us a little bit more about your business journey? Uh, you know, how you started and you know how you got to where you are now. <laughs> it's come a long way and it's sort of um like right now, I've been having a few conversations over the last week about uh, I don't know if I ever truly expected the business to succeed. <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> you're optimistic that you'll do well and it'll succeed. And we've just yeah. reached this point where, you know, we're discussing becoming a company and not just me as a sole trader. And I'm just sort mm. of, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Never expected this to happen. I, I don't know what I was expecting, to be honest. And now it's all happening and I'm just sort of, oh, this is, big and important and quite a change. Um, so back in 2018, when I was um, toying with the idea of doing this, I just, I guess, <laughs> it's hard to say what I was thinking again. Um, I wanted a flamingo bag. I'm a handbag collector. I have been for more than a decade, um, mm-hmm. specifically with the wicker bags. And I just had not been able to find a wicker flamingo. And I've mm-hmm really felt compelled to have a wicker flamingo as you know (laughs) and I just felt this would be a really great accessory for me it's just it was missing from my collection couldn't find one anywhere and I just thought it can't be that hard to design this have it made and um it comes back to what you said about you enter a room with one of these handbags and there's Mm. people really respond quite positively to that and I've had that experience not just with my designs, but with the handbags I was collecting earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was quite confident that if I had this pink flamingo wicker handbag, 
I would be able to sell it. I was really confident that I'd be able to sell this mm-hmm. handbag if I did it. So yeah. um, I was justifying it to myself. I was justifying it to friends and family. And eventually I went ahead with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took a long, long time to find a manufacturer that was able to specifically do this style of bag. There's not a lot of manufacturers mm-hmm. doing this specific kind of work. Um and yeah, it's just sort of taken off from there because once you've got the flamingo, everybody is saying, "Well, can you do a dog? Can you do a cat? Can you do yeah, absolutely, and all these other things?" And I was just mm-hmm. taking notes of what everybody wanted, and <laughs> it went from there. And took it from there. I love the fact that you, you know, even though it started out as a personal thing for you, you know, you really wanted a flamingo bag, you then responded to market demand. And one of the most common things I see with a lot of people who get into business is they come up with this idea that they really love and they have no idea. They don't check whether there's actual market demand for their product and they end up not being able to sell it because there's no market demand. So, you know, the fact that you listen so closely to your audience and to your customers about what they wanted is awesome, right? Because you're responding to demand, you're giving the people what they want. I think that's a really key part of, of your success. Yeah, I previously ran a custom skirt business and it involved a lot of the same thing. It was listening to what people were telling me they wanted. So I was always out there sourcing fabric based on what people wanted. Mm. Um, And I think in a way it's exactly the same thing. It's all these people are saying, I'd love a dinosaur print fabric. Mm. I'm just sort of like, okay, well, we're getting multiple requests for this. This is something I'm going to go and do. And I would do that. And really this is no different. And for me, (laughs) Also, it's just sort of like, well, I got my flamingo, so I'm from here. I don't care what I'm designing. (laughs) (laughs) It's what people are asking me for. I'm sort of, you know, obviously I'm invested in it, but the important thing is I got my flamingo, so now I can afford (laughs) what everybody else wants, basically. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. And I want to talk a little bit now about, you know, the way that you have changed, the way your mindset has changed over a period of time. Because, you know, of course, when I met you, the business was still in five figures. And, you know, now we're looking at uh, reaching the half million mark this year. And that is super, super exciting. And not only is it a, a short period of time, but that's a lot of change for a business and a business owner to go through, you know, over just a few years. Can you tell us a bit about, you know, what the changes have been for you, like personally? And, you know, what was it, do you think, that made that big change in terms of where the business was before and what things have been put in place that have helped you get to where the business is now? So when I first met you, I was still very much doing this just on my own and I was doing pretty much everything. I think maybe a month before I met you, I had just hired an accountant Mm -hmm. and that was because at that time I was starting to make a lot more money than I had anticipated Mm -hmm. or given any thought to making. And I was just looking at these horrible, like I didn't even have accounting programs. I was relying on spreadsheets. Um, oh, no. <laughs> you know, I, I think with the um, Flamingo, like I'd only sold about 20 of them and then I sold an mm-hmm. Ibis next and it was another 20 bags or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was such a small number of bags and it wasn't monthly. It was just whenever yeah. I sort of had a new design, I was like, okay, well, this is on the market. So it was very yeah. hodgepodge. Mm. Um, wasn't making too much money, but obviously as things started to come along, 
um, I was starting to get on top of the design progress. So um, trying to have that routine of we are going to release a new bag once every month. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we started getting on top of that, mm-hmm. the money became a lot more regular, which yeah. was starting to stress me out because we're getting to tax time and I did not know how that was going to work mm-hmm. um, as a sole trader. So I hired this accountant mm-hmm. um, and she sorted me out quick smart, <laughs> which was good, great. Good. That yes. was fantastic. And I think from there it was just like, okay, well, I've got a much clearer overview of what is happening with my finances now. Um, can I afford to talk to more people for help and start delegating some of this work? And I think that's been the biggest change is me stepping back and not trying to do everything myself like there are professionals out there who can do this particular task a lot more efficiently than I can they have mm. the experience they have the time it frees up my time to do other things yeah. um, so it's been handing over control of everything um, so again when I first started working with you I was doing the photography <laughs> on my own and it was not ideal photography for (laughs) the products we're trying to market you know like Mm. I I knew that I wanted these bags to be a luxury product and here's me holding up a (laughs) getting my son to hold up a handbag in front of something and then I'm sort of like photoshopping the background out and just adding a pink (laughs) background it was pretty rough um Mm. so by hiring professionals by contracting them you know all of that um you're paying professionals to do the work, you get a professional thing and it just ups the sort of level that you're working at basically. So yeah. Yeah. I think that's been the biggest change for me is talking to people, getting that expert help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you're absolutely right in terms of the fact that when you do that, it frees up your time right? It lifts like the perceived value and the quality of everything because you're getting people who are experts to do those things. I mean, I, I know nothing about admin. I'm really bad at admin. You know this. I, I mess up like calendar invitations and time zones and things all the time. Uh, and so, and that's why, you know, I'll have a VA manage it for me sometimes. And, uh, you know, by having that another expert come in and help me with something that I'm not strong in or I'm not an expert in, I end up saving time. I end up saving money as well. And then I don't have to worry about it. And you Mm. mentioned as well, you use the word control in there, like giving up control. That is really hard to do as a business owner, as you know, it's so hard because, you know, your business is your baby and it all rides on you and you, you feel that risk. But um, ultimately, you know, and this goes for everyone listening, if you want your business to grow, you really need to be comfortable with the idea of handing over parts of your business to someone you trust, right? You cannot control all of your business. Like if you think about uh, Richard Branson and Virgin, his company Virgin, he has, he does not have control over every single aspect of his business. He doesn't. You know, you look at his emails, his social media, his content, whatever. He doesn't have control over that. It's all managed by other people. And mm-hmm. so if you want to grow your business into those bigger, you know, six and seven figures, you're going to have to bring in people who you can trust to help you grow it because, you know, there does come a point, as as you found out, Jazz, where you can't do it by yourself anymore. Like you need that help. Yeah. And for me, it's also like the results that you get are just superior when it's handed mm. over to a professional. Like I could try and teach myself SEO, but gosh, that's a big <laughs> investment of my time. And it's not what I want to be doing. Yeah. I don't want to be figuring out the SEO, but I 
take on somebody who is a professional in this, who gets a thrill out of it and actually understands what they're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, what I might spend a week trying to figure out, she knows that she does it in five minutes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's efficient all round for everybody. And it's worth it for me to have those results because obviously her expertise in SEO is driving results mm. for me. Absolutely. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's and it's better results than than what you would get as someone who doesn't exactly. know SEO as well. You know, even if you spend three hours doing something, A, she could have done it in 10 minutes and, you know, B, the result is going to be much better if she does it. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm the same with SEO as well. Like I'm not a, a superstar at it. And so I'm I'm with you on that. Like I, I need an expert to come in and, you know, sort that out for me. Um, yeah. No, I think that's really, really awesome. And now because this is a pricing podcast, I want to ask you, Jazz, what, is, what has been your biggest pricing lesson or biggest pricing mindset change for you? And it can be one thing, it can be a few things if you like. Oh, it's there's obviously been a lot of learning <laughs> since you came <laughs> on board. Um, it, it's that complete abandoning of that whole this is how I should price um this is what the cost that that's what it's called isn't it the cost pricing cost plus pricing yeah just completely abandoning that and leaving it behind um I can remember when I first started the business going into one of those Facebook business groups and saying to people, how do you figure out these prices and getting 20 Mm. responses from different people who are allegedly experts in doing this and they're Mm. all reliant on cost pricing and they're saying to me, well, you take what the cost price was, what you paid your manufacturer Mm. and you triple it. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, when you've doubled it, that's your wholesale price. And when you tripled it, that's that's your price. That's what you should be pricing. Um, mm-hmm. And that's all it really factors in. And they might occasionally say, oh, well, you want to factor in what are your overheads? Mm. And they sort of throw that in. And um, for me, it was just I was doing all of this and I was obeying those formulas. Um, and I was just struggling <laughs> because I'm not getting ahead. I'm the sort of um, all right, well, I'm surviving. The business is going mm. ahead, but I would really like to pay a professional photographer and I don't seem to have mm. the funds for it. And I don't understand why I don't have enough money to pay myself and my manufacturers and get a photographer. Yeah. Um, and it's because cost pricing doesn't always factor for growth yep. is I figured out along the way or what you've taught me. <laughs> I was um, just going to say, oh, it's like hearing my own words coming out of your mouth. <laughs> So that sort of thing, um, I, I didn't know any of that. And it's interesting now because obviously I have a lot of friends running their own businesses and everything. And whenever mm. we have pricing conversations and they start doing these things, um, you know, one of them was trying to raise her prices and she was agonizing on how to word these posts for social mm. media about yeah. I'm going to raise my prices. I hope I don't lose customers. I don't know how to phrase this without justifying um all of this that and the other and I'm just saying to her why are you justifying it you know it costs what it costs um it's not about how you justify um you know the cost of this has gone up and the cost of this has gone up which means I have to sort of raise my prices to Mm, cover these things and I'm just you don't mention that that's that's no one's business that's that's for you that's proprietary Um, yeah, yeah, basically. So I've just sort of had to learn that myself because I know when I first, I think the reason I reached out to you because I was trying to figure out how to, um, shipping. it was the free shipping. Yeah, yeah I was like, how do I introduce 
free shipping, but also sort of cover the fact that the prices have gone up by the yeah. cost of the shipping. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I remember. I remember it very well. Um, yeah, so it was that sort of thing. I was just like, oh, gosh, how do I do this? Um, because it's just swapping the price from here to here, and I don't know how to justify that. And mm. In the end, we've done a lot. We've, we've gone a lot past yes. that together so um that's great but that's where I was at and where I am now is very very different Mm, awesome awesome oh well Jazz thank you so much for coming on to the show today and sharing with us you know a bit more about your journey and about you know the changes that you've gone through to to get your business to where it is now if anyone would like to contact you or find out more about Wicca Darling how can they do that I always suggest go onto Instagram, find us there at Wicker Darling. That's the the way to get the best overview of what's going on, I think. Amazing. And it's a beautiful, beautiful Instagram account. Very funny. The stories are always so good. I love going through them. They're very <laughs> they're very entertaining. All right, so that is episode 15 all wrapped up on the pricing on the cake. Don't forget, you can find more free resources in my free Facebook group, The Pricing on the Cake. If you do want to reach out to me or have any questions about today's show or any of the other episodes, email me anytime at Courtney at CourtneyDegan.com and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.